You are listening to the Some Good Content Podcast, a swipe file of proven content plays shared by some of the most successful content marketers out there doing the work. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. My guest today is Mike Lawson, copywriter at Beard Brand, and I'm excited about this one, although my beard feels a little inferior right now to yours. Like, <laughs> and I think everybody at Beard Brand, right? Like I saw you guys on LinkedIn, like everybody's got a, a real strong, a real strong beard. I, well, I tell you, John, I, um, I've, been, I've been rocking the beard stash for uh, <laughs> the past couple of years. I've been a heavy mustache guy. Uh, I have just recently started letting my beard grow in. Uh, as I've been growing my hair out uh, at the same time, because because 2020, why not? Right, right, <laughs> right. yeah. I um, think it's all the uh, it's all the lighting in our photos too. It just makes everybody's beard look so prominent. It does, yeah. Well, uh, for those, I mean the the brand name itself is pretty self explanatory. But for those listening that haven't heard of Beard Brand, why don't you tell us who uh, who you are real quick? Yeah, Beard Brand is a men's uh, grooming company uh, based in Austin, Texas, uh, originally founded in Spokane, Washington by Eric Banholtz. And uh, yeah, men's grooming company known for our beard oil, but we also make products for uh, your hair and your body. So a full line of 12 different grooming products uh, available in three gold line fragrances, three silver line fragrances, and then we've got three white line fragrances that are available uh, exclusively at Target and now at Meyer. If you're up in the Midwest, we just got in at Meyer. Nice. You've practiced that a little bit. And it's uh, a <laughs> direct to consumer too, right? You could just go right through the website. Yeah, for our silver and gold line products are uh, exclusively only only at beardbrand.com and uh, select uh, like small like barbershops and salons throughout the country. Sometimes we'll sell some of that as well. Awesome. So I asked listeners, um, gosh, like a month or so ago, give me the brands that are putting out really unique content. And Beard Brand came up a few times. So like I went through, watched the videos, read the content. I was like, all right, I got to get these guys on. And so I asked Mike to come on and share you know, just like all the other episodes, what's the play? What's, you know, what's the play that's paid off biggest, you know, over the last six months or so? Actually, before I get to that, because I forgot to ask you this, tell me about just like the importance of content at Beard Brand. I know sort of the history of the company was, you know, the foundation of it was built on content. So let's start there. Like how, how important is content as a channel to Beard Brand? Yeah, John, like you said, I mean, it really is, I mean, that's that's the foundation of Beard Brand is the content. And, and, and back in 2012, when Eric was first starting it, it really uh, primarily began as a YouTube channel. And my God, it was even a, a Tumblr blog back when <laughs> people were people were doing that. And Damn, as yeah. as yeah, as the YouTube channel grew and, and the blog grew, it, it, everything kind of evolved from there. And I think really at our core uh, that content and that educational aspect and the inspirational aspects that our content provides is is really still what what Beard Brand is all about. Was there a product, or did it just start as a as a YouTube channel or a blog? It started as just a YouTube channel. Eric was, uh, I mean, he was still up in Spokane, Washington at the time, and he he started growing out his beard. And you can read the the full story over at BeardBrand.com, and he just kind of started documenting. Uh, his experiences as growing a beard and changing the the perceptions of what people thought bearded men were or or urban beardsmen uh, as as we termed it back then uh, because this was I mean right early 2010s beards just weren't as prevalent as they are now it right. was still kind of the early days where if you were wearing a beard you were 
you were definitely kind of this weird, gross, hipster, disheveled, right? Yeah, kind of guy. And so uh, a lot of that early content was was focused on changing the perception of of what beardsmen were. What was and the? That, uh, did he go yeah. by Beardbrand that that initial publication? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. yeah. Nice. Um, so the YouTube channel obviously grew into a product. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of years in between there, but, um, how, how did you find yourself, uh, like at beard brand? Like obviously they're investing more in copywriting and and content, um, to, to help juice that up. So how did you find yourself, your, your way there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting story. I was, uh, was living in Virginia, uh, a little over a year ago and I was working as a marketing manager for a nonprofit organization up there that went through uh, some some drastic budget cuts and I ended up getting getting laid off and ended up being a, a, a really fortunate situation for me. I was able to step away from what I had been doing and realized that I wanted to focus more on just writing. Uh, and began to really zero in on copywriting positions. And as I learned more about Beard Brand, uh, Austin, Texas was also a, a city that was on my radar of a place I was looking uh, to move to. And it, it was just kind of a, a very serendipitous situation where uh, as I learned more about Beard Brand and, and, and got engaged in their content, I saw some very clear ways that I felt like I could help their brand voice uh, and was able to present that to them in a way that uh, was compelling enough for them to to bring me in from Virginia. And I think they'd been looking for an in-house copywriter for a while and just hadn't found the right the right person. Right. And that segues good into the play that you mentioned, which was bringing copywriting in-house. Um, so again, on the surface, doesn't seem like something maybe that would have a massive impact, right, on, on overall results, more of like an operations thing, more about, you know, more detail. But like, talk about the play in general about bringing copywriting in house. Why was that important? And like at a high level, what do you think that that helped the brand do? Yeah, I, I think uh, having been here for a year now, I think where it's been the most noticeable is is particularly with our with our email marketing uh, and just that having that consistent voice that comes through in our messaging is something that's been, I think, really noticeable to our subscribers, Uh, not only in that we've seen uh, some significant growth in our just overall conversion rate, and uh, we've seen also some positive growth in our open rates and click-through rates in our emails, but I mean, just also getting responses from uh, from readers that are saying things like, your email's vibe voice contains some of the best and most consistent, compelling marketing writing I've encountered for years. They successfully disabled my ruthlessly impulsive unsubscribed trigger finger, uh, which is, uh, that's, that's super cool for me to see and, and to hear from people. Uh, I think having that, that consistent messaging and that consistent schedule, uh, and cadence with our email, uh, has, has really paid off. And like I said, talking about the revenue, uh, I mean, this year, 2020, we're up. And, and I compare 2020 to 2018 because it's a, a similar year in terms of uh, releasing a certain number of products right. uh, compared to 2019. But uh, 2020 so far compared to 2018, we're up 10% in email revenue. And that's with uh, two months to go still. Uh, and especially, I, we're anticipating a pretty big Q4. So I think we're going to be looking at 25, 30% growth 
uh, in email revenue by the time 2020 is in the books. Always a good place to be when you've already hit the year end goals and you still have two months to go. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all it's all gravy from here. How would you talk about like how would you describe Beard Brand's voice? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you establish really that? Because that's one of those tricky things that's like <laughs> you can't really it's not tangible, right? So like how would you describe it, it and how did you go about establishing that? So much of it early on was uh, I mean so much of the Beard Brand voice early on was just Eric. It was just Eric Van Holtz's mm. his voice, um, and I think that was some of the challenge with hiring writers outside of the company was finding somebody that I think matched with that voice. Um, I, I, we're very uh, we're very laid back. We're very dad joke friendly. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a lot of puns. It's really loose. Uh, I think almost everything. Uh, a vast majority of our emails there's right, there's a setup. There's a punchline and. Uh, but then we're also balancing that with the inspirational emails and the self-improvement uh, content. And that comes through whether it's in our emails or our blogs. At the end, uh, at the end of the day, you know, our mission is to help men keep on growing, um, regardless if you have a beard or not. Right. So, so tell me about those different, before I get into some of the, like, the actionable things uh, from the emails, like, talk about those different types of emails that you just said. So you have like your, your typical one with the setup and the punchline. But then you said like inspiration, uh, educate, like, it sounds like you bucket those, you have those, you know, uh, organized in certain ways. Like what, what type of emails do you typically send out and why? Yeah. So our cadence has been, it's, it's, it's about 4.5 emails per week. And, uh, I tried to ramp things that we ramped things up to five emails per week for a little bit. And then we started to see that we were having some, uh, some email fatigue hmm. at that rate. So kind of dialed it back. So alternating between four a week and five a week, uh, once a week, I'm doing a, a what we call a customer testimonial email, uh, and these have been, uh, I mean, these have been massive for us. And it really comes down to like the old car copywriting trick of uh, just using the customer voice. And I mean, all I'm doing is I'm just going in and I'm looking at reviews that have come in in the past couple weeks, and I'm saying, what can I take out of this review, uh, and then just kind of. Uh, riff with it and and play with the words and see what puns I can come up with um, And these have become just routinely our best performing campaigns every week uh, I think they make up like 33% of our weekly email revenue uh, So and then in, uh, in addition to those we've got uh, We'll typically do something based on one of our YouTube videos um, So we do five YouTube videos a week uh, So typically I'll pick one of those and we'll have that go out in an email form. Um, but then also kind of just uh, interjecting in some of that self in, uh, self-improvement inspiration thing. So whether that's uh, maybe we'll do an email on journaling and the benefits of journaling or meditation and the benefits of that. Uh, it really kind of just it, it, it kind of varies depending on uh, what's going on and, and how to fit those in. Right. And so when you talk about the email cadence, is that to the same list? So when you said you were sending five e emails a week, that was to the same list, or do you have segmented lists? We have uh, we have segmented lists based on engagement. Uh, so the more engaged you are, the more emails you get. Right. Um, if you start to to taper out, um, then we start to just send you uh, some more focused things. Right. And but you talk frequently. you talk about too. You sent me some notes beforehand. You talk about how you have a really conversational tone, the the brand in general. And you think that that kind of, you know, separates you from other brands because your, your emails aren't graphic heavy, right? So the writing is critical. 
you know, mm-hmm. puts puts the the onus and the focus more on the writing. Uh, you mentioned the dad jokes and the puns. So, like, yeah, t- talk a little bit more about that that conversational tone. How does it work? Um, like, how, you know, I think it takes every brand a little bit to find like their stride and, yeah. and what that what that balance is. Um, but like, talk about how you've how you sort of found that stride for Beard Brand. Yeah, I think um, I'm gonna use. <laughs> I'm going to use Eric's. I mean, I, I know Eric was on a podcast a few weeks ago and talked about how uh, how I just talk and it's on brand. Uh, <laughs> and I guess that's that's what you that's what you want out of your out of your copywriter. Um, and so much it's 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 just kind of like I'm reading. I'll read through these reviews and it's it's a lot of times it's just kind of what pops into my head and I'll start writing it down and and playing with it and then kind of adjusting with it. Um, and yeah, maybe d- dig just, into that a little more because I, I find example. that super interesting, like the the, the customer testimonials. Because I think you know a lot of brands say they do things like that, but you you're you're essentially kind of like stealing the language of your customers a little bit, right? And finding l- those value points, the like the exact words and, and phrases that they're using. Like, h- how important is that for you? I think it's um, I think it's really important, and I'll just I'll give an example. This is this is one of my favorite ones, and this was one that that was. Uh, a pretty high performer for us. And it was uh, just kind of playing around with a typo that somebody had okay. in, a, in a review. And so one of our products is, is Beard Wash. And uh, in their typo, they wrote, it makes the bears clean, <laughs> which uh, very clearly they meant it makes, it makes the beard clean. Sure. Uh, they said, they said, great product, makes the bears clean and smell good all day, whether in the office or on the trail. So I kind of just ran with the, with the bear idea. And uh, so there's like there's an opening line and then it, it shows the customer testimonial. And then I said, now, we know this was probably a typo when John meant to say makes the beards clean and smell good, which it definitely does. But we don't want to make assumptions. And this made our imagination run a little bit. What if John actually did wash bears? Are there even bears in Phoenix, Arizona? Did John wash the Chicago bears? <laughs> You should do more live readings of your emails. <laughs> yeah, and then and then we wrapped it up with a disclaimer that said beard brand products are not intended for use on bears. If you come across bears in the wild, do not attempt to wash them. Of course, right? Yeah, just because <laughs> last thing you need is somebody going out there saying a beard brand said we could use their products to wash bears. And now, what type of response? Not just sales, but like what type of responses do you see to emails like that? That one in particular, we had a few people that were like, "Man, this is one of the funniest emails I've seen." In a while, thanks so much. Uh, you know, and, and then like the one I mentioned before about just uh, you know the consistent branding and tone and voice is uh, is helping people not uh, not rapidly click that unsubscribe button, and that's uh, that correlates to some of the email list growth that we've seen throughout 2020, is as well as I think those in, uh, increasing open rates and, and click rates as well. Right. I, li- I like that whole play because you're. The email itself is not about like you're not using the testimonial direct just directly to sell the product. The testimonial is the email, the focus of the email itself. But mm-hmm. by way of that, you're you're selling product, right? Um, yeah. And I think that that's a that's a good insight is to if you're going to do customer testimonial emails, try to find a creative tilt to it, right? And maybe the email could be about an error in the, a testimonial or something funny the customer said, and and just by way of making a more engaging, funny inspirational 
human email, you're going to, you're going to sell product or you're going to generate leads or whatever it is that you're trying to, you're, you're trying to accomplish with the email campaign. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I found too, that's been really successful for us with those is, um, and this, that email that I gave in this example was kind of before I started, before I started doing this. Um, so I think that email probably could have been a little bit more successful, but I find that if I take one little paragraph, two, two, three sentences max after a customer testimonial, after the joke's been made, and just put in the facts of why the product works the way that the customer experienced it, that is enough to really, to really move the needle uh, on, on the conversion. And those are the best performing so emails, like, right? Those customer testimonial yeah, focused those, ones? Yeah, those have been, those have been, been monstrous for us, for us this year. And they're my, they're my favorite to write because I get to just basically take customer words and, and, and play with them and see what I can come up with. Right. Um, and one of the last, one of the last things you, the actionable takeaways you said just from, from, you know, having copywriting in house and the impact that has on email is repurposing some of your best performing emails. Walk us through what you mean by that. Yeah. So this was something that we wanted to, I, I think we're always trying to find ways, particularly as a, as a company that's only, right, we have a marketing team of maybe five people max and an organization of uh, only about 14 people. And so I think we're all doing, like particularly for me in my role, it's, it's, I'm writing all of our campaign emails, writing our blogs, uh, any of our website copy. Uh, that all keeps me, that's a, a bulk of my week. Uh, and so finding any way possible to create automated flows that can just help keep people engaged even when I'm asleep or right. on the weekend. And so one of the things that I wanted to do that I don't know that would have necessarily come up if we had, we're still outsourcing our email, um, was going through and doing a, a deep dive on data and finding what have, what have been our best performing emails that are evergreen content-wise over the past two or three years. So coming uh, came up with a list of about uh, 15 to 20 emails that for a ver variety of reasons were considered among the best of the best, uh, our top you know 5% of emails. And then taking those and creating a flow where Anybody who was a new subscriber uh, would get this drip campaign or this flow of it's, it's, it's nine emails now of emails that we know and that we have evidence and data on that have performed well. Uh, and so what we've seen with that is a continuation of those emails that have already done well for us that were originally intended to be one-off campaigns now continuing, continuing to, to cyclically convert for us. Right. And when you say like, you know, they're receiving some of your best evergreen content, what is that? Could be videos, could be blog posts, variety of different it's, content uh, channels. Yeah. Yeah. It could be videos. It could be blog posts. It could be some of these customer testimonials that we talked about. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good gamut. So it's, it kind of builds on our orientation slash welcome flow. So we have a five email flow that welcomes new subscribers. And after they go through that, they move into this, this flow of our historically best performing emails. And then it's after that that they move into our regular newsletter and start getting our, our weekly campaigns. 
And so th- these welcome, this welcome flow, essentially, this performs better than your campaign emails does in terms of uh, products ordered? Uh, in terms of like our ordered product rate and our open rates, yeah, we found that just in general flows across the board, automated emails do better in terms of most measurable metrics. And I think most, uh, I think that's pretty consistent for most organizations who are, who are using automated email that those just have a, they just do better than, than the campaigns that you're spending time writing. And what do you think like the, so when you say you include some of the best content in those emails, what, what makes up some of your best content and what, like, what do you see that performs best, both in terms of channel video versus text, but also in terms of subject matter, like what, what tends to perform best for beard brand? Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's a, that's a great question. Cause I think it is, it is kind of a little bit of everything. So it's, it, it, it does depend on the content. It does depend on things that are, I think, really applicable to our audience. Uh, for example, I've, I've started to notice that focusing on content for men who are losing their hair or who shave their head uh, has, has been really high performing for us. And that kind of makes sense because of the way that DHT and testosterone work and hmm. uh, that if you have the, the genes to grow a big massive beard chances are that's because of your that's because you have you produce high levels of dht which is like the leading culprit in hair loss so <laughs> um you know so some of those things like that like we can just make general inferences and say sure. we have a lot of guys who have big beards their chances are there's a good percentage of them uh that are gonna gonna need something that helps them with shaving their head and so we had a, a, a an email recently about utility bomb and using it as a post-shave bomb that did that did exceptionally well Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Talk about knowing your audience, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, so I love that. Obviously, email, huge for any, any e-commerce or D2C brand. Um, love the thing about customer testimonials. I think most custo- customer testimonials tend to come across boring for most brands. E- you know, direct-to-consumer products are a little different, right? Like beard, you know, beard wash mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, a little more fun. Um, but I, but I, I love how you're using that as the basis for, for email campaigns and that they perform so well um and so you're, you're doing like one of those every every week right yeah yeah absolutely um yeah i'd like to do more but i'm not sure that it would uh right move the needle yeah. <laughs> to fit into the schedule grow the um, list more yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh and so just and then i want to wrap up with the just like overall content output so what is what is you know aside from email what does the content output look like in terms of you know, text, uh, video, anything, any other channels that you're leveraging? Like how, how much of that are you publishing every week? Yeah. So I talked about email. It's probably on average four and a half emails yep. per week. Uh, we do two blog posts per month. Um, and then video is also just a huge part of our content strategy. And we have two YouTube channels. Our Beard Brand Barbershop channel has 1.63 million subscribers. Uh, and then our, our Beard Brand Alliance channel has over 100,000. And that one we just launched a little over a year ago. So that one's growing, uh, growing pretty quickly. And between those two channels, we're doing five, five videos a week. Wow. And two block, but so who's like, how are you coming up with like what to write about? Is that just kind of like yeah, off, off the top of your head? Are you using the testimonials for that too? Like, how does what does that look like? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, 
pretty much what what keyword opportunities are out there that we're not currently ranking for, uh, or at least ranking you know in the top on the on the front page of of Google. Um, so I've got a pretty extensive list right now of things that we could probably write about that we're that have keywords that we're not currently ranking for. Um, Again, our blog isn't just beard and grooming focus. We, we kind of dive into other areas such as style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of on the blog that we become a little bit more of a lifestyle brand. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it really does come down to that, that keyword research and seeing what opportunities there are there. And so the main measurable uh, metric for sort of blog and, and YouTube videos, you're really trying to drive people back to the website, sign up for the email list. And then the email is really where you're, where you're, you know, the obviously measuring attributed revenue. And that's kind of where you're doing the bulk of, of sales in terms of content. Yeah. hundred percent. Nice. Nice. Well, this was, this was fun. I learned a lot, not just about, uh, the content strategy, but about beards too. So any, any of the listeners that, that have beards, like what's the, where, where, where do they start? What product? What product should we start? What product should I start with? Uh, well, the first one is to is to put down the razor, so it's uh, <laughs> subtract the product first. <laughs> uh, yeah, cancel the Harry's, you, cancel the Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> That's yeah, step one. Well, you know, keep them though, because you're going to want to start trimming that neckline just yeah. above the Adam's apple around yeah. the one month mark. Um, give it, you know, the thing with with growing a beard if it's the first time you've ever done it is give yourself at least at at least 30 days. Um, you really have no idea what you're going to be working with facial hair wise until you hit that, that four to six week mark. Um, everybody's beard kind of comes in differently. You've got thousands and thousands and thousands of individual follicles on your face and each hair is kind of doing its own thing. Uh, so give it time. Uh, I recommend starting with a beard brand utility bomb because it's in addition to being an amazing beard conditioning product, it's also a skin moisturizer. Uh, you can use it on healed tattoos to help keep them vibrant. Uh, we have people uh, that use it as an eye serum and okay. have had success with that. So it is, a, it is an overall utility product. Um, great value there in that because I, we have a blog that I think is 10 or 11 different ways that you can use Utility Balm. Just that one product. Nice. Awesome. Just that one product there. Yeah, man. Take care of your skin is going to be the best, uh, the best thing for your, for your beard. So put the razors down and come back in 30 days and uh, <laughs> let, let Mike know what's up. Mike, thanks a lot for coming on. Tell us about the content and schooling us on, uh, on everything Beard Brand. Yeah, John. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.